Welcome to Lioness Rising, your podcast for sacred business development and soul wealth ascension. My name is Alexandra Schwarowa and I am a high-level healer, psychic business medium, wealth activator and the founder of New Earth Medicine. This is a sacred space for majestic lionesses who are devoted and dedicated to their divine path in life and business. Through inner awareness, we initiate potent shifts within as well as in our material world. The lioness knows what she desires and she goes with majestic precision for her goals and creates long-term success. She breaks with chains of illusion, but power resides outside of her. This is for soul-led women and those who identify as women, who follow their divine will. And we talk about spiritual business, life and career, diving deep into the metaphysical realms, energetics, the Akash, energy healings, human design, jinkies, astrology, and so much more. Linus Rising is hosting the most potent guest speakers who are leading soulful empires with alignment and majesty. Thank you for being here. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Lioness Rising. Here's your host, Lexi. And today I have a very special woman here with us. Her name is Lynn. <laughs> and she's an intuitive mentor for female entrepreneurs, but also women who are not in business to, to help them reclaim their feminine force to reclaim their cosmic essence and to basically connect the bridge between the old paradigm and shifting into the new earth consciousness in life and business so thank you lynn for being here <laughs> i'm so excited to be here thank you for having me and thank you for this introduction this was I guess the best introduction <laughs> ever. You said it better than I could have um, ever said it or yeah, even have said it until now. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. So uh, if you want, you can dive a little bit uh, deeper. What's your calling in, in work and explain us your business model that would be actually super juicy. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um yeah, when we talked before we started the recording, I already said to Lexi that it's so difficult for me to really explain in an essence, like in an elevator pitch, uh, what I'm doing and who I am, because it's so multidimensional. And that's uh, a wording that I uh, claimed for myself a few days ago, multidimensional mentoring, multidimensional business mentoring, um, because my my purpose, my calling, my legacy is very multidimensional. Um, there's a lot of aspects to it. And yeah, one big part, which we also will talk about today, is about reclaiming our feminine essence and fortune, um, force, as you just said, fortune as well. <laughs> um, and to really bring back the divine feminine energy in her natural essence into this world because it was basically she was basically erased from our world from our history and it's time that she yeah she takes her space um in this world again reclaims her space again and I always hear this sentence like yeah reclaiming the creatrix or the the creatrix energy um yeah, returning back to this earth, to this world, um, and to this paradigm. And I know, for me, I feel very deeply that one key to really build the bridge into the new paradigm and a very big foundation, piece of foundation for this new earth is 
the return of the feminine energy and also of course a sacred union of the feminine and the masculine energies and yeah um clearing all these distortions and illusions what what the feminine is or what the masculine is and what um what their union has to look like and really open the space and pave the path for yeah for a new way of relating even and bringing those energies back into harmony because until now in our history there's always been either um, the patriarchy or also the matriarchy and I think that yeah none of those um, extremes is really what we need to build um, a world in balance so this is one big part of um, what I do and what I love and what I feel called to share to really speak about those energies and guide the souls um, mostly women but also men to reunite those energies in their life and reclaim their power and their essence in their feminine or masculine expression and also then building the bridge to weave back the feminine principle and energies into the business world and into leadership because yeah the business world is mainly um yeah conditioned by the masculine energy and I see a lot of women a lot of sensitive souls creative souls um try to try to find their place in those systems and that's not working that's just not natural for us and I know that we can thrive so much more as women in business and leadership if we allow ourselves that the feminine is the leading force and that we build new um yeah new new structures that really serve us and serve the feminine and serve creative multi-passionate souls um instead of just trying to maintain the same um yeah the same principles the same structures and neglect a part of ourselves a part of our soul a part of our nature so that's that's I would say um yeah that's the calling that's the purpose and I work a lot with the rose lineage energy which we will dive in today yeah <laughs> thank you for uh the beautiful introduction and I invite already the listeners really to take the space for this session because I really I already feel it in my body that I'm receiving these sensations and that already a weight is being shifted and my heart is like bursting and the last days I already felt this calling like to really share these transmissions to uh, my community as well that we have to reclaim our goddess essence back and we need to address certain wounds which are um, already have been uh, conditions since centuries of time or thousands of years uh, upon the feminine and this is what led us to actually disconnect from this creative uh, force from this goddess essence flowing through you and when I talk about goddess like to me uh, I, I can imagine for, to use it as well Lynn God is not female nor uh, male. It's uh, the birth of the universe. It, it doesn't have a gender because it has both energies, masculine and feminine, equally united. And this is when the separation have begun, like basically into watching the the feminine face of God, which I personally call the Shekinah, and the masculine face of God, the Metatron. So in Kabbalah, in the Kabbalah tree, we actually see it um, developing from the source. And then it's been basically breaking down to, to the Elohim and uh, to certain uh, God's energies. Uh, so everything and everyone is God. But like when we really address the goddess within us, we address the part of us, which is the creatrix. And yes, it can be receiving a seed and giving back life. So the feminine principles for me, a lot about being receptive, but also taking this energy, transforming it and giving life again. So it's giving at the same time. Um, so what made us to really disconnect from this receiving energy is 
all these wounds that have uh, happened, like this oppression towards the feminine, and that it's wrong, false, or you've been accused of something. And in order to survive, you you didn't have any other choice than to disconnect yourself. And this is what we are also doing right now. Obviously, we are no longer hunted as witches, at least not in our hemisphere. Um, but we are still trying to fit in in a corrupted, uh, sick world. So and here's like maybe my definition of feminine leadership is to reclaim this power of a creatrix within you healing the wounds which blocks you from connecting with the source energy and being the creatrix being the uh, creator of your life like taking ownership and really see yourself as god goddess in in this lifetime and that you are totally accountable for everything you create and um yeah with this awakening you will automatically weave in this foundation and create a new world create a new business structure that suits you and not the society like obviously the collective it's gonna fit into uh, and and serve the collective but um i'm not speaking about these corrupted capitalistic societies which basically destroyed our earth and right now i also hear like the spirit of mama gaia comes in in the space and she's like yeah <laughs> speak a little bit more about me and how I'm really like her feminine energy I'm like about to start crying because uh, every every land every country has its own spirit and when I connect for example with uh, the spirit of Germany um, like now it's getting better but for like maybe two three years ago when I connected to the spirit um, her feminine energy couldn't breathe so and this is what, what I feel in the earth happening. Like we are on the rise, but she still cannot breathe. And if she cannot breathe, she cannot birth. Like she's far from birthing. <laughs> so yeah, here's the invitation to really shift out of judgment and open your heart. And like the victim and the perpetrator has to be healed. So that's my two cents to it. <laughs> so good, so good. So many feelings, so many thoughts on that. And um, so interesting that you mentioned the spirit of Germany. Um, because immediately I was like, Yeah, I know, I know why I'm here and why I'm staying here and why I keep um yeah, working here and also working with the land and and doing the work I do also. Yeah, in retreat spaces in Germany, um, all the offline work and I don't know, working with portals and opening portals in nature. Um, and you are so right that it's getting better, but it's still so suppressed. And I mean, if we look at the German history, there's so much, there's so much oppression, there's so much, um, yeah, there's so much victim mentality because they're, um, because we are so conditioned to feel bad for our history and it's so ingrained in German consciousness consciousness that you are not allowed and that you are not worthy to feel good and to be free and to be fulfilled and to be abundant and to be wealthy. Um, and another thing that's just coming through right now um, on this and about also my purpose and my work, um, which I want to offer into this space also is that a lot of what I'm here to do is to um, to transmute the shadow of corruption and it just talked about corruption and capitalism um, it's written in my gene keys exactly like that the same wording you're here to um, transform the shadow of corruption I'm like yep I see it I feel it um, and also just really bringing a new paradigm of money um, into the world and really bringing the feminine principle again it's like it's always about bringing the the feminine principles and the feminine energy back into all of these topics that are mainly um masculine dominated and whenever i speak about these topics i'm never um i'm never addressing the masculine energy in a negative way the masculine energy is nothing and negative or dangerous or anything like that 
I always say that it's it it's not just the feminine energy that has been suppressed it's also the masculine energy that has been suppressed in its essence we don't know we we neither neither do we know the feminine or the masculine in their true expression in their yeah in their healthy expression in their true essence um and we get to yeah we get to reinvite both of these energies and see what's beyond all of the conditioning um and yeah befriend both of both of those energies again um and so i think that the end of corruption is the base for that the key for that is to bring the feminine energy back and it's also this it's the nurturing energy it's the motherly energy and i think that is one of the main points about the feminine energy that has been like erased from our world society history is this purely nurturing motherly energy that like I always say it's like humanity is starving emotionally because this energy isn't here to feed us and to nurture us and to really in a very deep sense make us feel like we are nurtured we are loved we are safe we are okay um, because women have been conditioned to act like men to be like men to try to be um, the same as men to be equal as men and that's where feminism has failed us in a way um, being in this extreme um, nurturing this narrative that we have to be same as men of course we are equal to men we are equally worthy but we are not the same and that's not the point we don't need to be the same what we need is to honor the different unique energies and bring them together in sacred union and sacred harmony to have this yeah this soil um on which the new earth can yeah can flourish from which is very which is really nourished and not just yeah dead soil um so I think that that's so important because I mean there's even statistics about it if um if money is in the hands of women all the communities um profit from it and grow from it and it's um it's in harmony yeah because as women um just naturally from what we care about and this nurturing energy it's not about um it's not about making more earning more all the time it's not about the profit for oneself it's about nurturing a whole community it's about caring for all of humanity for for the whole earth for the planet for nature for animals for everything to of course i mean the feminine is birthing the new generations and she's always thinking about how to nurture the family, the lineage to come. Um, and I know what I talk about. I'm a mom. My daughter is 10. And I know that everything I do, um, in a sense, in a deeper sense, re revolves around her. To know that I leave her a legacy um, and pave her a path that leads her to more freedom and to more healing and to more sovereignty and to more wealth. And that's so important that maybe that's a, a very important message right now to all the women listening um, to really look beyond their relationship with money and heal the roots, which is in our, which is always about our relationship dynamics, our mother and father wound, um, not just the, the, the literally mother and father wound, but also the cosmic um, mother and father wound and to yeah to transcend these stories and remember and reclaim that when we have money in our hands as conscious women when we allow ourselves to be wealthy and abundant and in overflow the whole world profits and that's just not just a, a tagline or yeah a nice uh, <laughs> a nice wording for 
to sell you something so that you work on your money mindset or something like that. That's the truth. That's what really happens. There's even statistics about it. Yeah. That's that's funny because before you mentioned uh, feminism, I received a download. You should speak about feminism, and when you you mentioned it, how feminism also failed us, and um, obviously during the time where we we were not even allowed to vote or have our own bank accounts, this ex extreme was necessary. Um, but still feminism and this is feminism is the idea that men and women are equal and they have the same rights <laughs> so and if we are like thinking and I this is something what I saw so many times happening in my life that especially women hated feminism they hated women who were feminism and at the same time they lived in this hypocrisy of commanding the man and being like the chief and telling like you can get tattooed or you cannot do telling this basically to your husband and I was there like do you actually see what you are living and saying at the same time you're like the definition of a like shadow feminist <laughs> you're literally telling me right now what you are hating yourself um And I didn't set in this, but I was just observing and I was like, wow. So this is basically right now what's happening in the collective. And so many men are feeling attacked when you talk about feminism. And I, I always said I was born female. Uh, I am a woman and I'm a feminist because it would be stupid not be on my own side. And feminism does not end at the border of Germany or US. So even if our countries are nicer to women, we still have a lot of pain, oppression, and we just need to have a look to Iraq and Afghanistan, what's happening right now. And this is where we desperately need feminism. We desperately need women like us who do work and men, because also men are victims of patriarchy. <laughs> like maybe we need to change the world feminism into humanism because it literally applies to everyone <laughs> it really doesn't matter if you're transgender non-binary uh, female man really doesn't matter because this humanism this idea that everyone is equal of us and everyone has the same rights for education to to vote for earning money we are here to establish it so let's shadow a little bit the the feminism idea for uh, for the listeners and because you said that statistically uh, the women when they have more money or they have more money they nurture the communities there's also a very shocking statistic by the way and it came out from australia uh, and it, it was showing And it really shocked me because I'm a domestic violence survivor and it, it it showed me that women, like in a relationship, women were earning more. This is when the, their partners got physically aggressive because they needed to compensate this lack of self-worth through violence. Obviously, this is a very shadowy aspect of the masculine, but um, this is where I see like, okay, We have, maybe we see it as evidence and a statistic or actually like something happening in our close life. Um, but this is a shadow. By, and when I work with my uh, my clients, a lot of them are coming and literally telling me I'm scared to earn more than my boyfriend or husband. So this is a dynamic which you really have to address in order to be more abundant and also have a healthier relationship because this is not something that should stop us. And the last thing, or it's actually like a huge red flag to, to become emotionally, uh, um, mentally or physically, physically abusive towards your uh, partner or inside the relationship. So this is just like for you a little training to be uh, self-reflective and observe yourself and maybe your surrounding about what is your relationship to humanism 
and um yeah to this dynamic maybe you have your own unconscious thoughts around uh, money and actually you would love to nurture your community but you're scared that your partner will feel uh less like less equal so that's that's a sh shocking <laughs> it's like for me it's like shocking but even if I uh, went through through it myself as a child it's like like it should not be but I'm still like really like ne negatively surprised that it still exists in our hemispheres so I really feel right now that the rose lineage wants to come through and the point where why we were addressing these topics before is that I feel especially like the Mary Magdalene her lineage the rose lineage the women they suffered so much oppression they needed to hide in order to survive they needed to run away they needed to um, create or continue their mystical teachings um, behind closed bars they could not be visible so and everyone who feels the resonance right now in their body like you have a job here to do <laughs> you have a job to reclaim what's yours and to burst like literally like I see like a vase cracking open like okay it's time for you to shine and never like probably since the last 2000 years we were never so safe as a woman coming together healing together speaking together and outing ourselves as witches priestesses whatever <laughs> now it's your time yes ah so good um yeah there's so much wisdom so much healing so much gold in the rose lineage about all the topics we just spoke about um sacred union the feminine the masculine energies working together equally working together um sovereignty big big topic um where where does she want us to start mm. let's start with mary magdalene <laughs> Okay, so what I want to offer is a part of her story that I that I received from her um, that's not that's not the story that's very much out there, not the typical storyline that you hear from Mary Magdalene. Um, but what she showed me and what I feel to be true about her story um, different than how she's portrayed in even the Bible as the horror that was rescued by Yeshua by Jesus um, is that she actually grew up in a very wealthy family and that she was um, that she was raised to be a very sovereign woman who had the privilege to decide if she wanted to come into sacred union with a man or not because her her lineage um carried a lot of wealth she wasn't she she would not have needed to get married to survive um as yeah all the other women had to so she was brought up to be sovereign she was trained in her gifts in her psychic abilities in her healing gifts um from age three or four she was trained in the temple she trained with um, mother mary so she knew <laughs> um her then later to be husband's um mother before she even met yeshua and they were both trained in the temples they were both initiated into their sovereignty into their gifts into their abilities um and then later in their life they met and Mary Magdalene was yeah as I said as privileged that she could decide if she wanted to join forces with this man um, so I do not entertain this story that she was this victim that she was this horror 
um, that had to be rescued. I, what I know to be true is that she was a very sovereign, wealthy, beautiful, sexually free woman who decided to come into sacred union with a man she knew she had a soul contract with. They both immediately recognized each other, recognized their soul contract, their soul mission, and they started journeying together and working together. And not just Jesus called in his um, disciples, she did the same. And so the rose lineage is, of course, when we talk about Mary Magdalene, it's the female lineage, but it's it's a, it's a sacred union. They were they were walking side by side and they were walking um, equally. There was no there was no oppression. There was no hierarchy. And what, of course, then had to happen, as you said, is that the women, um, the more visible that they became um, and Jesus became, they had to hide. They had to, as you said, um, teach behind closed doors. And it was, of course, very dangerous for them to um, to walk their path and to follow their calling and to bring their purpose into life. But what I also um, want to want to offer is not this not that perspective that yeah we can easily feel this victim mentality around it oh the poor women they had to hide but I don't think that that's how they felt they they were completely immersed in their creatrix energy in their fire in their purpose in their calling and there's no there's no victim mentality there they just did what they had to do um, in pure devotion to their path and what they loved and what they knew they were here to offer. And um, of course, um, they, or Mary Magdalene, was with Jesus, with Yeshua until the very end. And what I know to be true is that she then, and I mean, of course, there's also, um, there's also records about it or, yeah, um, that she, after... Um, Yeshua passed that she flew by boat um, to the south of France and she then went on and journeyed to through Europe and she built her spiritual empire basically um, and I that alone to me is like crushing this illusion about the um, about the struggling healer and the struggling artists and just look at that that woman look at what she had to go through and yeah. what her devotion <laughs> carried her through and what she built um after that and i mean there's also of course this story that their lineage ended um or that they never had children and that's not true also yeah <laughs> so when she <laughs> actually mary magdalene was a badass entrepreneur yeah. because she was like okay in this community i cannot thrive here my word is not valued so let's let's go somewhere and through my uh information like what i what i received but she actually continued the lineage until glastonbury which we um which is like avalon and uh so basically she created there her empire <laughs> like um and for for what i received on uh information is that actually um i think Joshua as well but mary magdalene they were coming from this community of essenes the scene as a uh, was in egypt like by the sea um like a little colony a little uh, community uh, which was basically like a little utopia and they have practiced this ancient um laws of life of laws of the universe and so like my information is that they were originally from there from this community and mary magdalene and mother mary like who later became mother mary were priestesses in the isis cult um and they were and this is how later the stigma of the whore developed because they were practicing sex magic. And sex magic in the Egyptian uh, uh, teachings is not about uh, having some voodoo during sex. No, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with black magic or anything. It is about the 
emergence of the masculine and feminine energies. Of course, you can do it with your partner, but you can also do it, uh, and it doesn't matter which um, which gender your partner has, but you can also do it by yourself. And it is this two kundalini masculine and feminine principles and this is what we see in the in the pharaohs that there are two serpents which represents the kundalini energy so the sex energy rising from the root chakra to the crown and bringing enlightenment so shakti and shiva feminine creative force and masculine force coming together this is the sex magic of isis so all of them, like all three of them, have been initiated into this magic. And yeah, uh, the priestesses, like one fun fact, the priestesses were wearing a certain um, uh, jewelry to represent that they are initiated in this uh, magic. And obviously a normal person who who is not... Uh, or maybe like a ha have even a different belief will misinterpret it as okay she's practicing sex magic so she must be a prostitute so this is how like this myth of mary magdalene was the whore kind of started so yeah to me she was in the end through her suffering obviously they all knew what's gonna happen they have been prepared for um for Joshua to pass or to be actually to be killed and um, also for the ointment uh, process and we see it in a lot of mystical um, drawings how Mary Magdalene appears with her ointment jar and it's this embalming process which was also practiced in Egypt the embalming art of like the mummification for the afterlife so the light body of Jesus could ascend. So this is what we saw um, when he was resurrected. It was his light body being resurrected. Like not his physical body, but it's like a, a light twin of us. And you will find it everywhere in the Egyptian teachings. Like it's not a secret, the Merkaba, the light body. And... Um, yeah, the journey continued for Mary Magdalene. <laughs> I don't know right now if she flew with uh, Mother Mary, but I remember, uh, I know that she actually brought a child and the Mary Magdalene lineage continued there until Avalon. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> her daughter. Yes. Um, yeah, I actually was in Avalon uh, two times last year, October and December, and I walked um, through the Abbey and all the <sighs> sacred um, lands there, and it's where the Magdalene grids, so the ley line and the energy line is also flowing through. Um, yeah, it was magical, and you mentioned the, the Kundalini energy. And it's so cool if you know what to look for and the symbolisms to look for that in the Abbey in Glastonbury, um, you can still find the symbolisms. Um, and I mean, in all the modern churches, there's there's no signs of the Divine Feminine. There's, yeah, maybe maybe a statue of um, Mother Mary, but she's not even worshipped, um, which is so ridiculous because if she hadn't birthed Jesus... <laughs> Huh? <laughs> what? Um, nobody could worship him, but okay. Oh, um, oppression. Yeah. <laughs> oppression of the feminine at its finest. Let's not honor uh, the mother. <laughs> yep. Makes so much sense. Um, but the you can I mean you can also say that the, the Kundalini energy is like the dragon energy, the serpent energy, the dragon energy, they're they're so connected. And there's the drawings in the abbey. Um, of Mary Magdalene and if you know what it is you see that it's dragons around her and you also see the sacred union of the serpents of the dragon energy in those paintings and I have again goosebumps all over because it's so yeah there are so many codes there's such a pointed energy there and of course it's also the Magdalene street which is also a little fun fact about me because um I mean, when you're a child, you, I mean, some of us do, or we have flashbacks, but we don't know 
that much about our purpose. Um, and one street that is um, not so far from my house here is also called Magdalene Street. But um, yeah, Magdalene Street in German, Magdalenenstrasse. And I never made this connection. And it leads to, um, to a spot in nature that is also called like Mary Magdalene. And the church I went to my whole life until, I don't know, 20 or something, um, it's called the Magdalene Church. And I never realized until a few years back when I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's all here and it's all orchestrated and no coincidence that I still live in this place and that I went to that church. Um, yeah, that's just a little fun fact, but um it's beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah it's so beautiful it's magical um and my I mean my second name is Helen or Helena in German and it's from my um grandmother and it's also it originates from the name Magdalene I didn't know that oh, yeah. Magdalene Helena so yep. it feels like there was because there was actually this Magdalenen Orden. They um, like a, I think it was nuns who basically uh, I don't know I don't know so much about it, but I know that it actually existed. But it was somehow also silenced. Um, it did like there's not much evidence about it, but I actually know someone who studied that case. <laughs> so maybe I need to ask her and. Um, yeah, it, feel, it feels like you were actually at a spot which somehow managed to maintain this frequency. Mm -hmm. They needed to hide it a little bit, which is why it's not obvious that uh, here we're speaking about Mary Magdalene, but we are. <laughs> this is the evidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. Um, and what I also find to be very interesting is that so many of the practices that we use today and that we that we feel like are so modern are also originating a lot from the rose lineage and those practices that you talked about like ecstatic dance it was one of their sacred practices and today it's all over the world and it's it seems to be so modern of course we have different music but it's an ancient practice to come into this flow state with your body and also the breathwork techniques that we use today, of course, um, it's nothing new. It's so ancient and we are just remembering. And I think that's so, so profound that it, all of this finds its way back to us, even if we don't know where it's coming from. So you can do whatever you want to try to suppress the feminine or those, those um, practices, the, this magic, this wisdom. It's not going to work. It's always going to survive and thrive even thank goodness <laughs> yeah. because we need it <laughs> and um just like also some evidence uh what i saw in my clients because they were sometimes some uh, asking about like hey why do i feel connected to atlantis lemuria but i also saw to avalon so and just like in if we break it down into the linear thinking of the evolution so and also like no one wants patriarchy but we also don't have the intention to build a pure matriarchic state so in my uh, channeling is basically that Lemuria was mostly matriarchic so it was led by women and the men were kind of a suppressed one at some point so this is where some wounds already towards the feminine were coming from and Lemuria sank but um they started to uh, shift this consciousness. They took their crystals, they took their knowledge and they built basically the Atlantis colony. So to me, Atlantis is like the evolution of Lemuria consciousness and to a golden age of Atlantis, they managed to live in harmony with both energies, like with feminine and masculine embodied and sacred at the same time. But then Atlantis got more corrupted into the masculine and this is what we are seeing right now in our world where we are more corrupted to the masculine, like the wounded masculine has corrupted our hearts. And same happened to Atlantis. Then it continued to Egypt. 
Mary Magdalene came in place and when it continued to Avalon and during the golden time of Avalon I would say the Druids and the priestesses were working hand in hand so it was and when we watch at the temples in Egypt it was priests and priestesses together there was um like no, no separation they were also allowed uh to intercourse like it was not forbidden for them to uh, strictly be a virgin or uh, have the vow of celibacy so it was all sacred union to them uh through uh through body mind and spirit in all their spirituality and basically the in avalon <laughs> we the evidence of artur this is when it's basically went into the hiding like maybe you have some more wisdom drops about that but for right now it's like the quick <laughs> journey through the timelines <laughs> oh i have goosebumps all over my body is shivering <laughs> so much energy <sighs> i have to feel into for a moment what wants to come through something's flowing through you you can take out the space you mean me yeah oh really <laughs> okay <laughs> okay it comes really through that the rose lineage wants to be remembered when we are like awakening back to this and then the rose lineage also wants to have a little like like a rebranding like a new brand <laughs> uh, fitting to the modern times to our times it is obviously the old practices, but our consciousness has uh, shifted. So you no longer need to be purely priestess. It's more like a lifestyle now, because you can be a mother of uh, two, three, four, five, uh, have a career in the corporate, but you still walk the path of a priestess. You still remember these teachings. There's no longer th a thing of being just this or that because in ancient times we used to do it like when we were a non-priest monk in order to fully dedicate to our spiritual practice we gave all we gave up all possessions we gave up family we gave up our celibacy and we went into uh, the church into the monastery into the temple um, for example, in Rome or Greece, these are also more of the temples which practice these um, celibacy vows. And it's no longer like this. Like, like they don't want Mary Magdalene, the Rose lineage, don't want to live by these terms. They want like a fresh new rebranding of what it means to be a priestess, what it means to be... Um, but as an entrepreneur, what it means to be a millionaire and still be a priestess. So that's like anything else? No, that's like literally like crush the illusion that you can be only this or that. It's a lifestyle. It's like how you infuse your healthy milkshake, <laughs> a smoothie, uh, your daily routine. Uh, it's like living in devotion to the spiritual practice in your day-to-day -day life like you can change diapers in a priestess way <laughs> yeah yeah so, so good i think it's also so important um yeah even in the beginning when you mentioned the goddess energy i already saw all the all these illusions that we have created around it that it's also not about how you look or how you dress and all of those illusions that we also get to crash um you don't have to wear the flowy dresses or the royal coats gear um, to be, or you don't have to wear, I don't know, the crystals if you don't want to. Um, you could be whoever you want to be and it doesn't have to look a certain way. And that's also, that's always a message that comes through or that I remind my community of. I mean, I spent I have two horses and as a family we have my it's my mom's uh, business um we have a lot of horses and I spent most of my time um 
outside with my horses and when it's like autumn or winter in Germany I spend the time in dirty trousers and dirty muck boots and it's like my mantra is um, making millions in muck boots for my business journey and you don't have to I don't know wear the white blazer or always be in those beautiful dresses um, if you want to fulfill your purpose or build your legacy or as you said be a millionaire if that's what you want um, it's not about any stigma it's a completely sovereign choice that you get to make how you want to walk this path and it it has so many aspects and you can be devoted to motherhood and walk the priestess path you can be in your purpose in the rose lineage be devoted to motherhood you can practice You can have completely, quote unquote, normal jobs, but practice sacred union with your partner and you contribute to this to this change in the world. But I know that most of us will be called to share their work because, of course, that what, that's what we trained for for lifetimes and all the wisdom we have collected. And I think that the most important part is to really reconnect to it and to have certain attunements that you use to um to reconnect back to the rose lineage if that's what's calling you the venus rose lineage the um the codes of lemuria or whatever is calling you and what's your highest guidance and what is your entry point into this connection with the rose lineage um and just make this your priority whatever you do as you said no matter um if it's purpose related right now or if it's just quote unquote um the daily life because the priestess way is also the beauty way and the beauty way is seeing beauty in everything and making the mundane special and the mundane um a miraculous experience because life itself is the miracle and is biggest wealth and the biggest abundance that we can experience and that's to infuse this consciousness and this intentionality to everything that you do and not just yeah looking for the peak experiences in life or the the great ceremonies but life is the ceremony and for me the priestess way the beauty way is making everything a ceremony and knowing that life is the ceremony itself and that in essence all that all of this work and all of these teachings are about is to reconnect deeply back to to life force itself to the magic of life to the spirit in in the life force energy and being embodied in that mm -hmm. and not making it an anything outside of yourself so grounding <laughs> it's like coming home to motherly embrace <laughs> yep mm. it feels landed to me It feels really like, ooh, the listeners have to sink in and enjoy the flow. So thank you so much for this beautiful space, for your codes, for this magic transmission. You can find Lynn in the links below. And thank you so much for being here and listening to our episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Linus Rising Podcast. Your host was Alexandra Schwarova and I invite you to connect with us on our homepage, Instagram or through email. You can find us on www.newyorkmedicine.net. Thank you for being with us.